Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Last Film Standing. Almost read the intro to a completely other podcast. <laughs> I am your host. Yeah, we're gonna actually, actually, we're we're gonna we're gonna keep going because we have never we have never we have never before we have never before. So, listeners, inside baseball here, episode one fourteen. Uh, you may have even seen me uh, retweet the other social media podcasts that I am on. I've been trying to separate catchphrases from each one so that this very thing doesn't happen, uh, but it has happened. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to Last Film Standing, episode number 114, your conversational movie review and news podcast. And I am one of your hosts, Brandon Jones, and joining me as always... And to his uh, to his crying uh, last week, the man who really is just he doesn't have a lot of things to say, only when he's around certain people and trying to achieve greatness because he hasn't accomplished much yet. The man known as Zravko Rosic and a Z, <laughs> aka but, you know, Z. I I. I... I don't want to be just a good podcaster. I want to be a great podcaster. And all he needs is a music box. And we are coming to you recorded live. My grandma gave me. Yes. She was a warrior. In the war. She was a warrior. She died in the battle. (laughs) The battle that no one has heard of. Next to wires that may or may not be there. (laughs) Recorded live March 12th, 2013 from Brooklyn, New York. On today's show, we'll be talking about recent releases, Dead Man Down, and Oz the Great and Powerful. Yes, and we'll also be discussing this week's Plugs of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you just joining Last Film Standing for the very first time to be a part of the show, you can tweet at and follow myself on Twitter at Lamar Diablo. That's L-E-M-A-R Diablo. You can follow Zed here at Last Z Standing. Email us at feedback at lastfilmstanding.com. And, of course, you can write on our Facebook fan page wall at facebook.com slash lastfilmstanding. And so, listeners, without further ado, let's go to the movies. So, first up, we have Dead Man Down. Uh, This pinged on Z's radar very early on, um, something that he was looking forward to uh, leading up to this weekend. I saw a few more trailers that kind of also got me interested uh, it's limited release, pulled in 5.3 million. So, so not that limited, actually, yeah. as a matter of fact. Because with so Colin Farrell... did not do... Terrence Howard, well, yeah. Unfortunately. You know, it had a... Uh, most of what I read about it was they didn't screen it for critics, which, uh, for those of you who are the uninitiated, typically that means that the studio doesn't have faith in the movie, um, and they just want to put it out there. You usually see this for horror movies or comedies, um, not so much a movie like this, but at the same time that that was happening, you were getting early reports of people, um, I would say not less critics and just more of uh, people like yourselves, who had seen the movie um, at early screenings and such that actually did enjoy it. Um, so I kind of went in with that sort of mentality. It, it did get kind of uh, mixed reviews. I remember uh, like kind of looking at the reviews and just, I, I don't really read them because I don't want to get sort of too much information about the film or kind of be influenced. But sometimes I'll just kind of look at like general ratings that yeah. people give it. And uh, it was not doing that great. There it was were rotten. people who kind of yeah. liked it, and there was a, you know, about equal amount of people that didn't really like it, and they were kind of like, 
yeah, had some bad things to say about it. And I guess in part it shows in uh, its box office take. Yeah. Uh, so yes, Dead Man Down is about, uh, in New York City, a crime lord's right-hand man is seduced by one of his boss's victims, a woman seeking retribution. Which is interesting because that'll also lead into my... yeah. not what happens in the movie. I think that synopsis is to protect what I wouldn't call yeah. a twist, but just plot development. That, that synopsis yeah. is the trailer synopsis. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's directed by Niels Arden Uplove, who uh, was most recently responsible for the remake of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and then before that, We Shall Overcome. He's mostly a uh, TV director. And then um, this movie, of course, stars Colin Farrell, Numi Rapace, uh, and Dominic Cooper. And it was written by J.H. Wyman, um, who wrote The Mexican. Um, Dead Man Down, you know, with all that preamble, uh, it's kind of interesting because I had sort of a rating in my head when I left the theater that I actually subsequently sort of dropped um, because of a couple of, like, moments in the film that I think were, like, took, quote-unquote, sharp left turns. Um but ultimately, though, I, I really did actually enjoy this movie. Um, Colin Farrell is one of those people that he, when he first kind of, uh, I will never forget watching uh, American Outlaws um, way, way back in the day when he played Jesse James. And I think Ali Larder might have been in that and someone else. But he's just playing this, like, American guy. You know, I think that was his first, like, mainstream movie. I'm sure he was in, you know, bit parts, as everyone is before then. Um he had his kind of meteoric rise. Before or after that, Daredevil? Uh, before. Yeah, he had his meteoric rise uh, up until, I want to say, Minority Report, give or take a couple movies. Um, kind of had his, just, you know, most people in Hollywood that rise to fame that quickly have, um, you know, just going from a normal life to fame. Kind of breaks them down a little bit. And uh, he was able to return in the indie scene and most of his indie movies that I've seen. Um, he's always been a solid actor. And he's sort of been kind of like in and out of mainstream movies. And I'm curious to know like how people, like there's like an older generation that remembers, you know, him kind of, you know, his, his rise and fall and kind of return. And I'm wondering about this younger generation who doesn't necessarily know who he is. Um, and I think that's why when you have movies like Total Recall, which again, like that, that concept may have pushed people away, but why that movie doesn't open well, why this movie that has him um, doesn't do a little bit better than 5.3 million. Um, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that he's, uh, as some people say, um, not for him, but just the term box office poison. Uh, Z and I have talked endlessly about that the fall of the movie star kind of not really being... Um, much of a factor anymore. Yeah. It's kind of like it adds to if you were exactly. on the fence. It, but it can kind of put something on a radar that might not have been like yeah. you know. But but for the most part, I don't think that you know. There's very few actors that where people will be like, oh, that person has a new movie out. Yeah, I gotta go see it. At least that's my impression. Yeah, because you because you have to figure you know Tom Cruise. Um, I have to say, though, he's he's on my list as, you know, Tom Cruise makes a movie, I gotta go see it, because... Yeah. And I would would say... bad movies. Yeah, I would say he's definitely top five for that, but then you look at Jack Reacher um, not really performing well, and it's kind of like, again, like... And me kind of being a little disappointed with that film also, so... But that's kind of a rare sort of thing where, like... 
you know, and that wasn't like a bad movie. It wasn't like I, I was thinking, oh my god, how terrible is yeah. this? But it was kind of like, okay, this wasn't quite up to snuff. Yeah. It was a little kind of below uh, the level. But I, I, I understand why he did it. He wanted to kind of like step out of the, you know, kind of uh, we're doing like this crazy kind of sci-fi stuff. He wanted to do something a little <laughs> more closer to real life. And, yeah. and, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, with this movie, I really liked um, Joy Colin Farrell. I really enjoyed Numi Rapace. Um, I thought it was actually an awesome genre match. I really love Numi Rapace. Uh, yeah. And, and talking about the connection here with, the, with this film, uh, the director of it is J.H. Uh, Wyman. Uh, or, uh, no, sorry, my bad. That's the writer. Uh, the director, Niels Arden Oplev, is the director of the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo trilogy featuring... Or starring Numi Rapace. So if you uh, if you've never seen any of those films and are thinking maybe about watching the U.S. remake, which is it's a solid movie, but there's nothing in that movie that kind of um, outdoes the original. Uh, maybe kind of a little bit of a polish, but I think um, overall, like that's part of the charm of the original films. They're not as polished as, like, these kind of... the kind of slick Hollywood movies. And uh, and I think, like, um, you know, I've seen those, and they're really good, really good. They're kind of, like... I was really happy when I started seeing New Mirror Pace and sort of West uh, movies in Hollywood, yeah. uh, you know, with the Game of Shadows and some of the other ones now that she's kind of... <laughs> I almost get her uh, lightly confused with uh, what is it, Rooney Mara, uh, who played her in the remake. Um, yeah, exactly. They played the yeah. same character. Because so it's like it's they're they're funny. they're not like uh, you know interchangeable per se, there's but some, it's just like some they age play difference yeah. there too. You can kind of see almost that that yeah. switch, which is kind of cool. Like you know, <laughs> she she played this character, and then some years later, like this person that's kind of almost similar yeah. to her is playing this same character and <laughs> when New Mirror Pace is kind of like starting yeah. to play different characters different type of characters yeah um and I just you know I really like the genre mashup in this uh I like how it's sort of like one part kind of romance uh one part kind of film noir and then another part just kind of mobster sort of movie um and for Don't the, forget the revenge. Yeah, and the revenge theme uh, type thing, and it's it's it works for the most part. Um, and the, part of the reason that there, there were, I guess, I would say, two moments of the movie that sort of took me out of it a little bit, and I was really thinking, like, I was like, all right, like, I wonder if this was something that got affected during the screenwriting process, or if this was something that got cut out during the actual edit. Um, but it's one of those, uh, things, there's, there's one scene that happens very early on to kind of, uh, set up the synopsis about the whole sort of seduction thing. Um, and even in the trailer, I guess, um, just to kind of, to, to reference to not fully spoil here in the trailer, uh, Numi, uh, Rapace's character kind of says, um, uh, or basically she, she is presented as having filmed Colin Farrell kind of do something in his apartment. Um, and that scene Kill comes... Man. Yeah, yeah, and the scene feels like it not so much comes out of nowhere, but that we skipped, like, something in the movie that was supposed to be there, and I remember just, like, being completely taken out of the movie, and I was like, well, I guess I wouldn't want to just, like, 
kill that time waiting for the scene to happen. But at the same time, I felt like the scene just like happened all of a sudden kind of thing. Um, but then after that, it's like fine. It's like, okay, like now we're moving. Everything's fine. Da, 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 da. And then towards the sort of latter part of the movie, um, when things are kind of turning uh, more action oriented, you had this movie that was very sort of like, Subtle's the wrong word, but just kind of a calm, sort of this, this cool tone thing, and then it turns into uh, a slight kind of action movie cliche with just, like, characters saying lines from, like, inner, any given just kind of, like, B, C, D movie kind of thing. And again, I was just like, well, yeah, I mean, it's... This is what people say in these scenes, but at the same time, it's like, I would have kind of expected this movie to try to do something a little bit different, um, it's more of a fault of the genre than I would say this movie, uh, per se, but, um, outside of that, I, I just thought it was a really just kind of cool movie. It has like a almost cult classic kind of thing to it. Um, like one of those movies that people will reference sort of like years from now. Um, Probably not because no one's seen it. Yeah, but it, well, I mean, to the to the point of like the DVD kind of market type stuff. Like, I would almost say that like I think that happened to Boondock Saints too. I don't really think a lot of people saw that in the theaters, but that was one of those like as people saw it on DVD. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hope that that kind of happens. Yeah, um, I just kind of a little not convinced that it will. Because um, I mean, you know, along with you, I I agree. I really love this movie. I think it's just so good. Um, you know, like, like there's this direction, there's this kind of cinematography in it, and it's really nice. And it's nice. This is the second week in a row that we get to see a film that's done really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and actors in it are just really amazing and, and they all do their job really well. Um, and, you know... It's hard to say why this movie didn't succeed. Um, you know, they did kind of have a little bit of a marketing push. Um, you know, you saw those commercials, and I really enjoyed the trailer. I thought the trailer looked really cool. With the music, the music, yeah. really <laughs> awesome. It's like, um, and it kind of like gets you almost like a little hyped, and you're kind of like, oh, this seems really cool. And the film kind of lives up to it. It doesn't feel empty. Uh, the, 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 the story is slightly changed within the film, so it, which I, I like, yeah. uh, because, you know, too many trailers now tell you too much about the film, uh, so it kind of feels like, all right, now I go in, there are no surprises, even though I don't think this is the kind of film that needs surprises, it doesn't feel like the film that's hiding stuff from you, um... I almost think that um, that to a degree it does the film a certain level of disservice because people come in and they're waiting for this scene yeah. where that connection between her and that guy uh, and Terrence Howard is. But then, you know, when that doesn't happen, then there's kind of like that yeah. letdown where they're like, oh, but I was, I wanted to see this. They do imply that there's a very, um, like, explicit connection, actually, between her and Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, you know, on the other hand, so I think it does a disservice in that because I think now people walk, see the trailer and they, that's what they want to see. And they feel almost like a little cheated. Yeah. They might feel a little cheated. Um, 
and and this film does didn't need it. It really didn't. It wasn't like there was this like big reveal towards the end of the movie where you were like, oh shit, you know, like yeah, we kind of like as as audience figured it out fairly early, and then it's kind of shown to us fairly early, and we kind of like put the things together um and 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 then watch the thing develop and i think it would have been fine they could have just kind of like see i wonder like if if to that point because you know with flight and uh there's a movie that we've seen since then and with this movie um i'm almost wondering now if you know trailers just kind of inherently um nowadays the trend is to kind of like reveal too much i'm almost wondering if they need to not too much Honestly, yeah. like I think the reason why the trailers revealed that much is because their research has shown that that works. Yeah, it does not diminish people's enjoyment. Now, if you're gonna have that kind of like at end of the movie reveal, cool, but you can reveal almost anything up to that point. I mean, I guess technically it doesn't matter because I think people want to see what they want to see. Yeah, but I now, mean, like, as far as, if like... You, if you do a bait-and-switch on them with the trailer, I mean, even Drive, you know, yeah. a fantastic movie, but people went in there expecting one thing and were pissed when they walked out and it was something else, you know? Um, so it's I mean, like, I think, I think that just, like, the... I mean, from the business side of it, I, I don't think Hollywood is too concerned with that because at the end of the day, all they need is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And by the time people kind of walk out of that theater and I'm just like yeah that was not funny or that was not scary or that was not whatever by the time they you know tell their people uh you know opening weekend is when a movie's supposed to make its money back kind of thing you know I, yeah but so, I, I I don't uh, that depends on I think that's for big budget kind of blockbuster films or even like smaller horror uh, films like this the like smaller the, films well the horror films have kind of become like this this genre on their own like they have kind of their own thing going on but i think like a movie like horrible bosses which did solid yeah uh, not horrible bosses sorry identity thief which did okay um you know it's opening weekend you know solid comedy that movie's been kicking yeah, i think it was like ass. number one i think like, like the second or third week yeah and out, yeah. and it's still i think number three this week like yeah. It, that movie's still raking in the money because I think partly word of mouth because yeah. people go in and they they see it and they're like oh this is funny uh, you know how many times do, do, does somebody ask you during the day oh you you saw this movie what did you think you know and it's yeah. like often it's like well you know I liked it and they're like oh cool yeah I've been kind of thinking about seeing it but if you had said no it's terrible they might be like oh okay well maybe I'll go see something else I'm almost wondering if with, like, these trailers, though, like, if how a movie would play sort of the way that they used to do trailers, where, uh, you know, they would just be, like, um, like, for instance, just to throw, like, Jack Reacher's as a name out there, where it's just, like, Tom Cruise is Jack Reacher. He is a man. That did it. And they just, like, you know, because when you watch these old trailers that do that, I was watching something on the train the other day. Married, basically, yeah. the whole thing. And it's just, like, this guy, like, uh, I, I wish I knew what the guy's name was. It was, like, a British film or something like that. But it was just, like, he is a man that, like, doesn't respect women. And it's just, like, he's like you see him, like, slap this woman. He's, like, but he's also a lover. And then he, like, makes out with this girl. And it's just, like, these cool little, like, snippets that don't have anything to do with the actual plot of the movie, but it's just, like, characterizing the main character. character. Yeah, and I was like, man, like, I wonder, 
I mean, for high concept stuff, obviously you're selling the concept more than anything. But like for something like this, it might have been interesting to be like, Victor is a such and such. Like he's worked for the. I think that family. only works on comedies nowadays because yeah. as soon as you hear that narration, yeah, it implies comedy because it's been satirized <laughs> yeah. now to to a degree that it's funny. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> even like almost the movie announcer voice. It's still kind of used, no. but it's starting to slowly creep into like, okay, yeah. when you hear that voice happening, it's somebody's making fun. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> in a world, now the only one who can save them <laughs> is Jack Reacher. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was my voice. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed this film. Um, I think it's, you know, much better than its box office stake, and I'm hoping it kind of like... Uh, unfortunately, I guess the word of mouth is not happening that much, but, like, I, I really like, liked it. Um, I would, you know, kind of recommend it to people. What's your rating on this? See, it was interesting, because when I left the theater, I was very much kind of like four and a half to five, but then the more I kept thinking about just mainly that first point that I made about her there's a scene where she basically is kind of outlining um, sort of this blackmail sort of proposition to him and as I said it just felt like it felt like it needed to happen but it felt like it was introduced so abruptly kind of thing where I was kind of like man like I feel like like, I just, it, I kept thinking for, like, five or ten minutes after that if there was a better way to do it. And then I was like, you know, it's early enough in the movie that most people would just say, um, and I think we brought this up before in, like, podcasts, like, months and months and months ago, where we're just like, you know, the, the opening of your movie, people will kind of forgive quite a bit as they're getting used to the rules of your world and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, you know, this scene happens early enough in the movie where you're not really going to remember or it's not really going to matter it's just kind of like you just need the information and let's move on kind of thing um and i just i don't know i just kept it just it just bothered me specifically and probably just because i'm more of a a, i guess a writer and kind of like on the the filmmaking side of it that i was like there had to be a solvable way to do that i have no idea what that is um but i I kind of didn't mind it it felt like there was also all of a sudden like I I felt like it in part it introduced almost these two sides of her character like you yeah. had this kind of like this character that we're like all of a sudden like looking at and she's like seems sweet and kind of like all this stuff and then all of a sudden the crazy comes out in a way like you know yeah. she just goes fucking insane um, and it's like okay like and this is how much this thing can like yeah. hurt a person and it's just kind of like that you know that part is coming out and I think that's kind of throughout the film with her the theme that of like that like hate and then non-hate and yeah. hate and, and that kind of person that you know like so um, you know it didn't really bother me that much actually I mean I, I kind of noticed it and I was like oh yeah okay but um, I, I didn't really like give it a second thought. I th- I thought it was it was fine. Like, yeah. Because there's also the interesting uh, uh, yeah. There's also just like the the thing with the the sort of trap 
that they didn't really resolve. It just sort of cut to the next scene, and I was like, "Okay, what are we talking about?" Um, or you will you do you, do you, or do you want to wait till? Yeah, I'll wait. So I'm, just, I'm just spoil. talking. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the uh, the scene where he walks in, and then they have that conversation, and then he sits next to him, and then you're like, oh, "Okay, like how is this scene gonna play out?" And then it just cuts to the next scene. And then well, that's that's because it's set up in the in the um, um, trailer yeah. to seem like this is the scene, but then you realize yeah. that, like, because of what happened, that like <laughs> nobody fell for the trap. Like that's that's how that scene ends. But I yeah. guess they didn't explain it enough. They just kind of like. Cause it's like cause, cause that you, you will yeah. figure it out. It was just like cause, I mean, it was it was implied. It was like kind of like, you know, it was kind of like yeah. hinted at. Yeah. Um. But then like they just kind of assumed like okay, well you know, it's like you'll figure it out that that's what happened. Yeah. Um. We're not gonna like spend yeah. another scene explaining. It was kind of a it was kind of a thank God we invented the such and such kind of scene, but yeah, almost <laughs> almost like. But, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I basically, I mean, um, I probably so would ultimately, yeah, I mean, ultimately it was kind of a reluctant four, uh, probably yeah. more in a three and a half to four, but it's like a, I still really enjoy it. Like, I think it'll, I, I would still put it in my, uh, you know, pre first half, um, top 10. I have to look back. Well, I mean, we haven't well, really so seen far, a whole lot of first anything. Half, yeah. Probably top two, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, it's pretty unless, much, uh, unless Oz the Great and Yeah, side effects, Stoker, oh, Dead Man Down. Effects, yeah. Right. Um, I never caught that. Um, yeah, for me, I, I'd have to say, I, I have to give this film probably about like a four, maybe four and a half. Um, you know, it's right in that range. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I think it's it's really kind of a cool film. I love the theme of like revenge and and does it really like like how um, it is almost like like that one for revenge that hate that kind of bubbles up from there is just as damaging to a person as like or even more so than the actual reason for the revenge, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And, um, and it's kind of a nice, really theme of, of the film. And just, I would, I would really highly recommend it. I think it has, it's like a, um, it's a thinking man's action movie, I'd say. Like it has action, it has the revenge, it has all of that, but it also has themes that kind of, uh, want more, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, aspire to be more than than just like you know Jason Statham action film kind of thing. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I would I would uh, four four and a half probably. Yeah. But then we went and saw a different movie, a movie of magic and intrigue and and um, misdirection, uh, called. Oz the Great and Powerful. Now this movie, without any misdirection, just freaking like knocked the shit out of the box <laughs> office uh, by making seventy nine million dollars. There's some of the most fascinating stuff uh, about this movie. I just just leading up to it, I was reading articles on. Um, I, I had I had no idea. 
how much of this is going on, but it was just really fascinating to read about how. So, so obviously there is the, the Wizard of Oz, the actual movie that everyone yes. remembers, that is also based on the book that this is based on. And I was, there was they were doing an interview with Sam Raimi, and he was well, like, "The book, the first movie is based on the book, yeah, uh, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. This is kind of like somebody." made a prequel to that yeah that's, that's what he was saying he was like part of the book yeah he was like he was like technically we can't call it a prequel technically we can't have this in the movie this in the movie. and it was funny because he was just naming like all these ideas that they had that because mgm was the original distributor and i think this one's warner brothers they were just like they just couldn't deal with this from everything from the ruby slippers to uh, it was funny because he was like, we couldn't, he's like, I originally when they go into Oz, I want to have a rainbow. And they were like, no. And he's just like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, it's just a rainbow because it might imply that he's going somewhere over the rainbow. And I just started laughing. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, they were, the legal team was just I don't know if you noticed, yeah. but there were rainbows everywhere. <laughs> like when he lands into the water and kind of flowing there in were, his They thing, weren't rainbows. They were rainbows. They were not rainbows. Like, they were spectrums of light that looked similar, but they weren't the full they blown. Were everywhere. They though, but, the but right, right? Yeah, yeah, they weren't like that yeah. kind yeah. of like movie <laughs> rainbow where you can just like yeah. plainly see it, but they were like Yeah, the color is for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure that they distorted it enough to be like, it's not a rainbow, it's just color. Yeah, rainbow. like water splashing yeah. and creates this thing. And that was one, <laughs> you know, that, that's interesting because I guess, you know, like, yeah, it makes sense in a way. I wasn't even like really thinking about that whole like somewhere over the rainbow song. Yeah. But uh, watching that scene, I was like, there's an awful lot of rainbows in this. And, and I just like, it did not like, I don't know why. That was one thing that never like hit home. Like, all these other, like, little hints and little scenes and yeah. little things that happen throughout the film. And he does, a, pays a lot of homage yeah. to yeah. the original film. Like, they all, like, hit chord, but, like, that, for some reason, just totally blew by me <laughs> until he just said that. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man. But that's funny. Uh, anyways, um, the story in Oz the Great and Powerful is that... Uh, is a story of a small-time magician who arrives in enchanted land and is forced to decide if he will be a good man or a great one. Uh, it was directed by Sam Raimi, uh, who clearly has the pedigree for this by making The Evil Dead, the Spider-Man trilogy, and The Simple Plan. Um, it's starring James Franco, Michelle Williams, Rachel Weisz, and Mila Kunis. It's written by Mich Mich uh, Mitchell Kapner, who uh, is known for the whole nine yards, and the whole ten yards, and the whole, no, uh, Romeo Must Die also, just in case uh, you haven't seen that, Jet Li. Um, and David Lindsay Abair, uh, yes, the playwright David Lindsay Abair, uh, who, uh, from the movie world is known for robots, uh, Rabbit Hole, and uh, Rise of the Guardians. Also, not known for, in the general public, but with me, having written the first play I ever acted in. Um, and it's based on a novel by L. Frank Baum. Um, so, this um, basically is, as we said the prequel of how the Wizard of Oz got to Oz. 
Um, and, you know, like how some characters became who they were. Um, I don't know how close this is to the story of Wicked, uh, which is kind of a very popular book and, and, uh, and a Broadway musical. Um, but, so, you know, in, in this we kind of follow James Franco's, uh, uh, what was his name? Um, something with the initials of O and yeah, Z. and it was like Oscar and then he yeah. had like five names. Yeah, so, so, so in the end, basically, everybody just called him Oz uh, and he was a uh, carnival magician in, uh, in the circus. And, um... You know, we kind of uh, follow him from, you know, doing his, like, magic trick, uh, tricks, you know, at the carnival, and, you know, he's, like, this kind of guy who's a little full of himself, he's kind of, a, um, you know, playing all the ladies and doing all this kind of stuff, and, um, and then, you know, we have that kind of scene, he ends up in a... In a uh, hot air balloon and ends up getting sucked into a tornado and, uh, and that old uh, story ends up in <laughs> Oz um, and then we kind of follow his sort of um, deal in Oz basically the story is like there has been a prophecy of a magician or, or of a great wizard who's going to come to the land of Oz to save uh, the people of Oz um from the evil witch. Um, and, you know, overall, <laughs> I think this film has some really cool themes. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed that within with all the sort of dream feel that this had to it, there was... He never goes back, you know? Like, these characters that we meet in this kind of front part of the film... Um, Which kind of makes Are the kind movie... of ever-present within the dream. Yeah. But, but are... Or within Oz and, and within this kind of, like, what, you know, could be argued probably as a dream, um, are then kind of never revisited. Uh, which is kind of... A, a little sad because that's kind of what happens in the original. She kind of well, it works in the original too because yeah. there's all these you know theories about whether or not it actually happened because it has the characters from sort of the quote unquote yeah. real world and all that stuff. And this movie, like it does that, then because it doesn't have that bookend, book you're kind of like, well, now this is just odd because why were these characters in both? places and 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 why is it so easy for him to forget the actual woman he loves for a woman that just looks like her yeah yeah and it's kind of like okay like it's just kind of like i i wonder what the reason for that was or if they ever had the intention of bringing him back to the world or if he but then again uh if he comes back then there's no Wizard of Oz for when they yeah. uh, when when uh, what's her name uh, goes to Oz. When Dorothy. So, so in a way, like I guess it it makes it a real place, but then that real place has like these weird hints of this world. 
or maybe you know I don't know maybe maybe there's no <laughs> maybe there was no thought behind it but I would think there had to have been for them in order to for them to utilize the same actors in both worlds this movie also kind of suffered from the green lantern syndrome of it's, it's 2013 this movie probably went into production in 2011 uh there really wasn't a whole lot that we haven't seen before yeah. just visually i mean yeah just, visually like, uh, visually it's a it's a pretty movie it's yeah. it's very nice um there were visible seams at times, like things that didn't quite work out. Um, um, handling the doll, um, I think. Yeah, a I was lot very, of very scenes was yeah. was very yeah. uh, visible, uh, noticeable, and there was other other moments where you were where at least I felt like oh, okay, I can now see where the where that CGI begins and where the uh, you know kind of real world or puppetry stops um but um you know i kind of chalked it off i i think the reason why that that stuff didn't bother me all that much is because this is clearly and and just this is to any of our listeners this is clearly a kid's movie this really does not have many like adult uh themes in it. i would say that it wasn't too far off from that because even by the end of this i was like oh yeah that was rated pg and i think the only thing that would make it different would have just been how the wicked witch aspect of it gets ultimately handled um and very cartoonish yeah like i think that could have been she could have been scary like it was just kind of like oh, okay you're green yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. overall, like, a lot of things um, kind of hint at that. Yeah. One is the acting. Yeah. Uh, Which it, is, it's this a is, very yeah. kind of like, uh, it's, it's a more theatrical acted film. It definitely doesn't have that, this is the real world. It's very gritty. It's very kind of like, it's very kind of like, uh, it's, it's adults playing it up or hamming it up for kids. That that's how this feels to me. Like I, I none of these performances uh, are ever well, going mean, to stick I, out. I would in say any. I would say uh, Michelle Williams and Rachel Weisz were perfectly fine in this. I would say this is the but first. They were just like kind of yeah. You know, like Mila Kunis's character was like so cartoonish, over the top. Like even the moment where she like for the first time gets so upset and cries was just. Like yeah, this is the first movie that I will say breaks from my, like, she has just been awesome in every movie that she's done since. Uh, um, but I don't think this is a case of bad acting. I, I mean, th- I, think, I think this is a case of, like, know your audience. Like, you're not playing this for 20-somethings, 30-somethings, you know, 40-somethings, uh, you know, who, who want this kind of, like, real performance that that will kind of like touch you you know kind of like emotionally and all this stuff you're playing this for little kids who are gonna go there and gonna be like oh that's awesome oh evil witch ah you know kind of thing and this is clearly that film like it's really very clearly that film it's it's for kids it's not for adults um now 
it's for adults who like that kind of that world and who might be kind of like you know fun funnily entertained it's for fans of the original film who will watch it and 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 have that sense of like oh i remember this from the original oh there's this thing oh yeah that's kind of a cool little you know nod to it but for the most part, I don't know because I mean I feel like with with like to that point like that Michelle Williams seemed very cognizant of what was going on and Rachel Weisz, although you know, not on the lightest side of light uh, with her ambiguity, like she, I feel still felt like a real person, whereas Mila Kunis. Like, I wouldn't say it was bad acting. I would say it's kind of weird casting, which brings me to, like, my biggest kind of issue with it. And I wish I wouldn't know. I was listening to a podcast on the way in, and I completely forgotten who was attached to this before James Franco. And then once I heard that, I was like, that's all I'm going to see now. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to be attached to this years ago when they were going to make this. And then, of course... That would have been a very Yeah, and then, of course, Iron Man blew up, and then Sherlock blew up, and that was, like, his entire schedule. So I was just like kind of watching the movie thinking about that and the thing is is it's like james franco i have never really been a huge fan of his i don't dislike him i feel like the way that people look at keanu reeves uh that i'm constantly sort of in defense of i I feel like that's how i actually look at james franco where i'm like i don't really feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I can't tangibly say what that is because I feel like when I watch him in movies, I feel like I'm always watching James Franco kind of hang out and recite lines sometimes. And I feel like, especially like when he was like in, you know, in the beginning of this movie, you know, starts off in black and white and all this stuff and he's being very animated and I'm just like, and I think this is kind of why I also had issues with Mila Kunis. I was like, you know, it's not that I don't think you can play animated. There's just something that feels like you're trying to act right now and it's just like really showing up on screen versus you figuring out what that seamless approach for you is kind of thing. Um, I don't know. There's just like watching this movie with him in it and again, you know, kind of having the skewed vision of I wonder how Robert Downey Jr. would have done it. I think which would have changed the movie tonally and they probably would have had a completely different cast kind of around that. I think it was even a different director back then. Um, But... It, it was just, I don't know, James Franco didn't quite sell the Oz aspects fully to me. There I'm were points really, like, where it did. I'm curious to, to, to hear who uh, who that was that you, you're saying was originally, like, kind of supposed to play that character. Al Franco. Um, well, it was supposed to be Robert Downey Jr. And then... Oh, okay, but... And then after that, yeah, that you're fell saying apart. That somebody else was there. Was, yeah, after after Downey Jr., it was actually supposed to be Johnny Depp. And oh, then okay. after Johnny Depp, I think dropped out or just kind of because there's because I know this has the producers of Alice in Wonderland, so I think that's where he was supposed to go. And then presumably he did Lone Ranger, which also comes out this summer. Um, then it was kind of like fell into James Franco's lap, and it was kind of like, oh, okay, like James Franco, that'll work. Um, it just. I don't know. Like it's 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 it. It feels like it could have been or should have been better. But there I, are scenes I, where you know, it, like you know, I I, know. I expected a somewhat different film from it. I expected a film where where I was gonna feel like, oh wow, this is a this is a like 
I expected a PG film that that at times kind of inches on pushing the PG rating, you know, no. just because of maybe like best example probably uh, what was the second or third Harry Potter, the one with like the giant snake and all this stuff. Yeah. I remember watching that and thinking. Yeah, this is, I mean, the film itself, Harry Potter series, is kind of directed towards kids, but I was like, this is kind of pushing it. Because I think it's, the it's f- kind of, first got, one was just PG, right? Or was it PG-13? So I know it obviously got to yeah, PG-13, I but I, yeah. but I, I, I just I just remember thinking, like, okay, this kind of, like, it doesn't have any any sort of, like, adult content in it, but what it does have is is kind of a certain level of darkness, that um, that I felt like wasn't really present in uh, in in films geared towards that kind of audience, and I almost expected this to be like that. I expected this to have a certain level of darkness that normally isn't uh, directed at like kids' audience, but because I felt like the the audience for this was not going to be just kids, it was going to be a lot of adults bringing their kids, and it's like. A lot of adults who who have seen the original or like you know in whatever shape, way shape or form and are coming now here to see this um, but uh, I don't know I, I mean you know I feel like with Sam Raimi uh, you know kind of where where the last spider-man film went almost feels like this and that are like there's that level <laughs> of like um, you know, a little bit too camp, you know? Like, I really disliked the third Spider-Man, and I know that I, even, like, he himself was kind of like, well, that didn't work, that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. So that's yeah, why they, he, he wanted yeah. to make a fourth one to kind of, like, close out the series properly. He wasn't really happy where that went and, like, how that ended up. Uh, but, like, you know, the studio then kind of, like, when and rebooted the series or like they kind of like he said he likes the new one direction no no yeah yeah, they went into kind of like he went to do his stuff and the studio was like you know what we're we're just gonna reboot it um and then you know he was kind of like it seems like overall (laughs) it was amicable but um but with this i just you know it's a fine movie that's geared towards kids it's really not a movie for adults unless you have this kind of fascination with the land of Oz um, <laughs> and you want to explore it a little bit more. Um, yeah, outside of that, I just really don't have much to say about it. Like, for me, it just wasn't really all that. I enjoyed the visual aspect of it. I thought it was pretty, um, you know, like... This was, I guess, his goal, and he accomplished his goal, but I just feel like it was kind of, um, um, overall, just kind of fluff. Yeah, I mean, the best... Uh, it really wasn't... There wasn't really anything there where I was like, oh, that was awesome. Like, I mean, I was hoping the movie was going to be... I mean, I didn't really... I didn't want to see this movie. This is one of those movies where, uh, you know, again, because of the podcast, and I was rolling my eyes as I kind of sat there, and the opening credits happened, but, like... Um, I actually, you know, I, I was, I was being one over. Did you watch this in uh, 3D, by the way? Uh, about halfway through it, I was like, I probably should have, because I was like, 
I, I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I watched it in <laughs> 2D. Because I'm just kind of like, I'm, I'm fed up with And it was TV, mainly because... And just kind of like... But it, but there was like, during the, the, the opening sequence, I was like, oh yeah, they're really pushing for that 3D. And then there was like a number of scenes where I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Because I, I was like... kind of look cool in 3D. The reason why uh, I, about halfway through it, I was just like, you know, I was like... Uh, there's probably 3D elements during the black and white, but I was like, it would have been awesome to not do it during the black and white, and then that's, have it like that's go exactly what the, was in my head because yeah. I because I was thinking, um, you know, the original was there was like that big technological yeah. thing with it where where what they did was like there was the black and white yeah. film, and then all of a sudden when he gets to Oz, it's in color, and here they really went to the whole like. There's a black and white, and it's yeah. like a, um, a, a, almost like that standard definition, like um, yeah. <laughs> uh, framing, yeah. uh, like TV framing, uh, old-fashioned TV framing. And then, mm-hmm. and then as like he enters Oz, color comes in, and the screen widens, and you know, like all this stuff happens. And I was like, yeah, it would be really cool if they just kind of like. They didn't even need to necessarily narrow the screen. Yeah. Like, I see where he was going with it, but I think it would have been almost, like, really cool if they had done standard definition black and white, and then it switches to, like, this 3D, like, scape in color where, like, everybody goes, like, oh, you know, kind of thing. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but... That would have been amusing to see an IMAX if it was... uh if it kind of grew, like, both, like, height and width kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Overall, I just kind of, yeah. yeah. I, a kid's movie, Shrug. I, well, I, I, well, pretty, I starting, yeah. but... I mean, what I was starting to say before is, like, I, I was almost being turned around to be hopeful for the rest of the movie uh, because of the scene with the, um, uh, the China girl, um... I thought that was actually probably the best scene in the movie when we first kind of get introduced to her. Um, and it took me a second to, like, register uh, which character from the quote-unquote real world that she was from. Um, Wait, which one was she? She was the assistant? No, she's the girl who wanted to walk. What? She was the girl who wanted to walk. And you finally got the chance to oh, do Oh, the, yeah. the, the yeah. kid. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. I didn't give yeah. it a second thought. <laughs> But I just yeah. wasn't really thinking about yeah. it. Like, I, you know, like, the the Zach Braff character was, like, clear yeah. right away because yeah. of his voice and everything. Yeah. But I didn't even, like, really think about it. Like, yeah. Because it was sort of like, it was sort of like when he was, like, putting the legs on. And then I was just like, oh, I was like, that's clever. But it was just like, you know, it was just like a, she was just a cool character. I also really like Zach Braff's character that I kept in my own mind swapping out his voice for Seth Rogen. Um... <laughs> just like... I, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy to see Zach Braff yeah. in this. I'd forgotten I, that he. I'm, like, a, I'm a big fan of yeah. Zach Braff, um, yeah. and and it was funny because I recently just kind of read something in, in backstage where it was uh, discussing sort of this idea of of actors kind of creating their own work, like, yeah. and of actors who went to film school and are like you know know how to direct and yeah. write and all of this stuff, and he's one of those. You know, I mean he. Uh, he clearly did like you know fantastic job with Garden State, and you know it's a shame that we haven't seen yeah more from him. Yeah, Oz, I uh, gave 
believe uh, it was three, um, possibly three and a half, and just the half being solely for just like every scene that the uh, the porcelain girl, the China girl is in, um, which is one of the things that like worked really well to me in that movie, um, despite the scenes when they're trying to lift her up and put her down. And I remember like thinking about that, like I was like, yeah, yeah it was kind of odd. I was I was like, they must not have thought through what her design was when they were shooting because I was like, yeah, you're not even, like, supporting her weight. Like, the visual effects team is totally doing the work It was right literally now. just kind of like, yeah. oh, like, put the hand up yeah. and then put it down. Look at the right here. Yeah. Like, I, I'm just surprised they didn't use something. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it just seems a little kind of like... Yeah. You can, yeah, you can tell that. But, but as I said, like, all those things are kind of moot because this film is clearly, clearly marketed towards, like, a really young audience. And, you know, and but even, even rating through the glasses of I am a 10-year-old watching this movie or, like, I am a 6-year-old watching this movie, I say they could have, like, worked a little harder on yeah. it. And, uh, and, and, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of like, I, I'm giving this movie like three stars reluctantly. Uh, you know, I feel almost like two and a half stars. I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I could care less for this movie. It's not going to be on my radar for any kind of like, um, you know, top anything uh, so it's just kind of like um and, and it's kind of odd you know this is the movie that so far is like the box office winner of the year but it's just kind of, it's just yeah, yeah it's, it's, um yeah but now we get to the point where we have to decide Brandon, out of the two films that we have seen this week which one is your last film standing, standing, standing? Well, a... In the left corner is Colin Peril and Dan Man Um, as usual, the, you know, Oz the Great and Powerful, uh some good ideas in it um it actually makes me you know there's Hansel and Gretel uh which did some cool things with witches that this movie I thought did some kind of interesting things with witches and I was like you know it would be cool to watch a movie that actually really did something awesome uh kind of dark with witches uh this is not that movie of course but but you know what I I the the subject of witches always kind of like mm, um because I, I like the idea that even in Hansel and Gretel, they kind of, like, are not just all evil. I just, like... Because the idea is kind of, like, the history yeah. of that is... I'm surprised that it's not a little touchier uh, subject to kind of, like, approach because it's, like, a history of, like, death and, and, yeah. and, and like, sure. you know all these women were killed because they dared to kind of, like, approach any kind of, like, science and research and try yeah. to do, like, things. Uh, and because of that, they were, like, burned. Burned alive. This is just 
terrible, terrible thing to happen to these uh, poor women. And, you know, now we're kind of still, like, using that kind of, oh, a witch, you know, kind of thing at such kind of a, you know, easy thing. And and that's why I was at least happy when in Hensel and Gretel they they had also kind of, like, more, a little more depth to that. Yeah. Instead of just, like, they're all evil, kind of, you know? It just kind of, like, says, oh, yeah, 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 back in the days they were right to do this. Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's going to be Dead Man Down, uh, as I said. It's a very cool genre mashup. Um, definitely worth checking out. Uh, it, I, you know... No, I was just about to say, I, was like, I mean, it's, I knew it's sort of limited release, uh, but as you said, it's, it's, I think it's kind of, it's, I think it's probably one of those, like, it's probably on, like, 2,000 screens, versus, like, yeah. a Harry Potter, where it's, like, 4,500 screens. Um, yeah, no, of course, but, yeah, it's, like, 20-something yeah. hundred screens, 2,300 screens, something yeah. like that, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but go check that out, um, whether or not it's on video or, uh, in the theaters, um, support that cast, and, uh, hopefully more movies like this get made, um primarily because of the genre mashup aspect of it um just you know warm bodies earlier this year uh basically just movies that people are trying to do something different uh since we've kind of in the wake of infinite sequels and uh marvel's plan and dc whether they decide to get it together or not um but that's kind of what the outlook of high profile movies are uh so it's cool to have these kind of quieter movies try to come well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm always a supporter of a good sort of um, uh, independent film, and um, you know, and this week it's all it's not really much of a question, you know, between Dead Man Down and Oz the Great and Powerful. Dead Man Down is just, a, you know, a for me a better film. <laughs> you know, I, I guess I can't speak for five year olds, but um, they might. Um. You know, it's just more fun. It feels like kind of uh, it deals with some real kind of uh, ideas and, 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 and thoughts and, and, and subjects while still being kind of a cool, like, revenge film. And it's like, how do you set up this, like, ultimate revenge? It's, it's really cool, you know? It's just a great film. Um, and, and, you know, I, I love seeing directors from other countries come and, uh, and be able to do a project that they want to do. Not like, you know, being thrown into a project that's just kind of ill-fitted for them, yeah. like some have been. Uh, but in this case, you know, we see Niels Ardenoplov. Uh, it seems like this is kind of a film that he probably would have done anyways now he just probably had you know the ability to put together a better cast than he normally would have been um and it's kind of the same thing with uh um director of stoker um yeah the guy who did old boy park chen i think it's i want to say it's chen wu park but something with that um that you know, was able to, like, get this kind of bigger cast and still make this movie that's really kind of really interesting and it clearly has, like, a specific vision and, and specific, like, um, you know, a thing that that kind of hints at this, like, director who 
who put it together. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really cool to see that. Um, so, yeah, go out there, support Niels Arden, upload, and give this movie a, a good second week, and uh, maybe it can redeem itself. Yeah. Um, that's what I would say. Um, but yeah, that's all I would say. Which brings us to plugs of the week. Uh, it's kind of sad. I read today uh, again as uh, um, Anton Fuqua, who was supposed to be attached to the Twenty Four movie, was being interviewed. Um, I think he did. Uh, he's doing. Olympus has fallen, and they were like, "Oh, so what's the deal with the Twenty Four movie?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's done." He's like, "That's not gonna happen anymore." And I was just like, <sighs> "Yeah, it's fine. They just need to go and do something else." And then the thing with the um, comments, they were just like, "Well, there." Everyone was just like, "Yeah," but like the series actually had an awesome ending, and they were comparing Jack Bauer to like Batman because they were just like, "He's just the guy that like, you know, when there's danger, he's the guy." Yeah. I was just like, ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's the real life. I kind of want to like rewatch it, but it's a lot of episodes. It's a lot. I, it's I, a lot. It's I, like, as I said, I like remember watching hours, the first yeah. season, and once I was done with the first That's season, it, it was kind of like the first season. Like the wife got on my nerves. Really, it was just like I felt like already the first season. I felt like they were kind of pushing their ideas for the show because I was like, really, like, yeah. So kidnap them then you find them then you re-kidnap them I'm just like oh come on when they re-kidnap the daughter again I'm just like fuck yeah. how many times come on See, that's why that's why I actually like uh, when I was reading stuff on um, when Fincher was talking about House of Cards he's just like yeah normally he's like we were actually able to like like basically have all the scripts done for like all the seasons and they just basically be like oh, okay like this is what we want to do versus te- like network television where it's like you know oh people hate this character oh well we're already shooting in episode 14 I guess we'll kill him in two episodes like it's like you have there's like no time to sort of react and I remember 24 having that like similar issue like they definitely don't really get their formula which everyone yeah, found but- like funny and predictable by like the fifth and sixth season but it was just like that feeling out of like, okay, we're in real time. All right, we're not bound to 22 episodes. It has to be 24 episodes. All right, well, what do we do in those episodes? What does real time mean? And like, they finally do get to that point. <laughs> Jack Power sits for yeah. an hour at a coffee shop drinking like, coffee. Because <laughs> I remember he, that, that's what they, they, they asked him like uh, on one of the shows. They were like, oh, well, if it's 24 hours, like you never, you know. And he had that face of like, you know, like, fuck you. But like, they were like, oh, Jack Bauer, he never goes to the bathroom he never eats and he's like oh well you know the commercial breaks like it's implied that like whatever and they're like but is it and he just like gave that look like really <laughs> I mean and and then yeah. it's he's not there for 24 hours yeah. so like he could have gone yeah. to the bathroom when we were yeah. following somebody exactly. else so <laughs> so like come on deal with that uh, and also eating you know, yeah. you can go a day without eating if shit's going down. Yeah. I've done it before. When yeah. shit was going down, you just don't <laughs> have time. You just go. You're on the move. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, uh, for, for myself, uh, there's an interesting thing that it looks like um, the company that, um, 
that's or the production company that's owned by uh, Ridley Scott is working together with Machinima to create some original content, and I thought that was a really interesting story. Um, it's kind of like um, it seems like things are are starting to to happen much more and more in the digital world. Uh, big names are kind of doing things. Uh, there's also uh, Marvel is kind of. Um, also doing uh, like new like shows and stuff like that. It's called um, Marvel uh, Marvel's um, Greatest Show or something like Shield? that. Huh? Are you talking about Shield now? No, 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 no. This is like a. Um, um, I guess it's it's hosted by somebody who was on Attack of the Show. I don't know how close it is to that, uh, but it's basically all about the world of Marvel. And it's like a little newest show uh, that they're going to do online. Uh, and I feel like, uh, you know, they're, they want to kind of create a lot more like original content and things like that that's going to go there. Uh, online and I'm, I'm feeling almost like Marvel could s now slowly start like steering towards having their own channel like kind of like Netflix yeah. is a channel for you know everything you could have like oh here's you know $5.99 a month um, you know and you can subscribe to our online channel it's all Marvel all the time you know we're gonna have cartoons we're gonna have like these kind of shows that like where you know people are talking mm -hmm. about comic books and characters and cartoons and it could be like this this 24 7 marvel channel you know like online you get it on your roku or whatever the hell or your ps3 or xbox uh you know like turn it on and like watch it and pay us you know five bucks a month or whatever it is um you know I can totally see something like that happening, yeah. you know, and they could be creating more and more content, you know, web series, like short form stuff, maybe even like full form stuff. Um, so like this internet world seems to be kind of slowly like reaching in and, and, and taking more and more of the, of the real world. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of talk, talking about that, there's also like, uh, an article that I read, uh, about kind of like, um, it was kind of how um, really not as many people are cutting cord as one would be under impression. It, it's doubled uh, in the last like 10 years or something, but it's still kind of a small percentage. And then like, as I was reading the comments on that article, people were saying that like in a lot of cases... It's like the companies have now made it cheaper for you to have like basic cable along with your internet than to just have internet without cable. Yeah. And it's funny because that that's exactly what like reminded me of like what happened to my dad was that he went to cancel internet uh, to cancel cable because they just don't watch TV ever. Um, and when he called there, they were, like, basically, like, oh, well, if you just have cable, it'll be, like, I'm just throwing out yeah. numbers. Uh, I don't even know exactly how much it, it was, but, like, let's say, you know, if you just have cable, it'll be, like, $70, but if you have cable and basic, uh, uh, or, like, if you have um, just internet, it'll be $70. If you have uh, internet and basic cable, well, uh, you can you can get that for $68. So it was, like, 
uh, okay, well, then I guess I'll get <laughs> basic cable. It's like, yeah. and, and I've seen that, I was reading the comments, and they were like, yeah, a lot of people are doing just that, and they almost never watch really TV or anything like that, but they are accounted as cable subscribers by everybody. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. like the numbers are, it might be skewed much more than we assume they are. And it's kind of interesting that now, like, maybe the internet is the way to go. Maybe that's where we're going to start slowly switching to for our entertainment. Because if big production companies switch and, and start making content for that, I mean, look, we already have Netflix doing a $100 million TV show yeah. in House of Cards. You know, who says that others can't do the same thing? Yeah. Very true. Very true. Uh, it says for myself, um, just a couple of, uh, semi shout outs and then a couple trailers. Shout out wise, uh, I guess not so much a, uh, shout out as much of a curious idea. Um, IGN, um, had a, I think it's like a 20 minute Google Hangout. Uh, it's actually like the first Hangout I've ever watched from start to finish. Now that I think about it, which I thought was funny, um, at the time I was watching it. Uh, except the ones that we do. Of course. Um, but basically, they they open those public. Yeah, yeah. Um, they basically were just like uh, the rumors now of uh, they've scrapped the Justice League script, and Warner Brothers is kind of like, all right, now what do we do? Uh, rumors have been going on in the last few weeks of Christian Bale's Batman may appear, um, and whatever happens going forward, if that happens. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, so there's that aspect of it's it. A, it just seems like a, it just seems like a fucking mess. Yeah, it and that, just that's seems what, like that's there's what, yeah. no one has any kind of like idea or vision for this. But it's like ten people with ten different visions, and the executives are like, "Oh, that's a good idea. Uh, no, no, that's a good idea. No, that's a good idea." Yeah. It's just, and that's what was cool about the IGN mess. sort of like panel. And that's what they, that one of the conclusions they came to is they were just like, "Yeah, there's no one over there that really has any idea." what's going on and so basically what the rumors are indicating is that warner brothers has basically said uh of the people who have quote unquote seen man of steel apparently it's like one of the greatest movies ever made blah blah blah. but they warner brothers is apparently yeah i'll be the judge of that (laughs) warner brothers is basically kind of uh, allegedly going to nolan and saying we want you to be the person to kind of Produce or Godfather all of these movies. They're like, basically throwing a world-sized ball of money at Christopher Well, what IGN Nolan. was saying, I was like, what IGN <laughs> like, said, that was, I was like, you know. Please, yeah. stay with us. The thing that I was like, this is probably what they, they said to him, what, what IGN uh, was saying, and I was like, they, they probably said, we know you don't want to direct or really be that involved with the DC stuff, so just yeah, help. Quality control. Yeah, just help Goyer and all those people do that, and in exchange, do whatever you want. Which is why I think Interstellar is probably kind of like the first wave of I that. Am where it's so like, fucking excited for that. Where it's like, just, I think, just yeah. hearing yeah. Christopher Nolan <laughs> science fiction uh, movie, I'm just like, yeah. fuck yeah. Because I think what's going to happen is, in, and they were, they were talked about this. They were just like, you know, his his movies. Uh, you know, the prestige, Inception, all of that, like, say what you will about them. They're, they're like, yeah, they're, 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 they're as awesome. far 
as you can get into both blockbuster and like cerebral kind of territory. So they're just like, it's that's probably the deal that they made with him. And then of course, Goyer has had his hand in everything. Um, David S. Goyer, who wrote stuff, and then the joke that they made on IGN about Goyer, which I was like thinking at the same time, was they were like, yes, but he also wrote and directed Blade 3. I was like, yes, he did. Um, I think he also produced Ghost Rider or something like that. Uh, but so it's it's a cool idea, and basically what the, the conclusion that they came down to is it was like, would you rather there be a Justice League movie or would you rather be a Batman Superman movie? And the, yeah, the, the thing with that was because they were like, you could arguably do a Justice League movie because DC's characters are more or less known to the mainstream. People might not know how the origin stories are all that, but in a picture lineup, you know who they are. A bit like Marvel had to sort of work for it because people had probably heard, everyone had heard of Captain America, I would say, but people maybe knew all of the Iron Man and like the Hulk and stuff, but it wasn't the movie. I think the when Iron Man originally was made, that idea wasn't It wasn't there yet. yet. Yeah. So it was like they made Iron Man, and you know, me being the, the first person to say, when I heard about that concept, I thought this was going to be completely terrible I just I, I was like I, I looked at it and I was like oh my god the fucking Iron Man who who the fuck wants to watch this this seems terrible yeah uh, like even the trailers I was kind of like eh this just doesn't really seem that it's interesting like director of swingers doing a super yeah. or doing a super and then it yeah. slowly kind of yeah. was like alright I, I eventually went reluctantly honestly expecting to be like just kind of annoyed with it, and by the by the end, I would just kind of like walk out, thinking how terrible that was. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, "This was really cool. It was a <laughs> lot of fun." I was yeah. just like, "Awesome!" And they just kind of totally surprised me out of the left out of the left field, and this was great. And then I think because partly of the success of that is where that idea then was incepted. Ha. Ha. It did ha. make plenty of money. Bruh. Plenty of money. But yeah, so I mean, it's... Uh, so basically they were just like, you know, do you do the Justice League thing? And they were like, the you know, the, the IGN hangout was basically just like, you know, the only reason they jumped to Justice League was in obvious reaction to Avengers being now the third highest grossing film of all time. Um, and they were just like, they need to... They were like, they don't need to have, you know infinite amounts of setup movies but they're like it would probably benefit them to have a batman superman movie first because that was the movie that they almost made 10 years ago uh wolfgang peterson was supposed to direct and he did troy instead because they couldn't figure out how they wanted to do it and then they were like the bail thing everyone pretty much i think on ign saying like unanimous they were like it would be awesome there's probably no way that you could seamlessly write from the end of Dark Knight Rises into a Justice League movie. Yeah, but, and that's kind of like the biggest issue. Yeah. One of the ideas that they pose and that's like to kind of ignore the Dark Knight Rises yeah. is just terrible. That's just a terrible idea. It didn't work with Superman. It's not going to work with Batman. You can't say these three movies were made. It's a trilogy. This is all. But we're just going to pretend this one wasn't made. It's just... It, yeah. It's too big a movie. It's too soon after it. It's made too much money. 
for, for them to say like we won't we'll ignore yeah. this movie that's just a terrible idea right off the bat just wipe that off your slate <laughs> uh what you could do is just say this is a different batman but then you don't cast christian yeah. bale i'm sorry like i love christian bale and i think he was a great batman but you just don't cast him to play a different Batman. Yeah. It just doesn't seem smart. It doesn't seem... Because like one idea. of the things that they, they pointed out and they were just like, oh, well, it would just be like casting Kevin Conroy and the infinite versions of that. And for those of you who don't know, Kevin Conroy basically was and I was is... I going to say, who the fuck was that? Yeah, <laughs> was that? Kevin Conroy, if you've ever seen... Uh, I guess I would, I would say not so much anymore, but basically Batman, the animated series, and for like three or four... Uh, versions of an animated Batman after that, including the Arkham City and Arkham Asylum games, he is the voice of Batman. Um, and, like, when you hear his voice, like, you're like, yeah, that's who I hear when you read comics and all that stuff. And other people have kind of stepped in to a certain degree to, like, play him for DC's, like, independent movies and such. Um, but they were like, he basically seamlessly weaves in and out of... Same thing with uh, Mark Hamill. He was the Joker in different versions of the cartoon, but he was always the Joker. Oh, and they were just Mark like... Hamill. Yeah. And they were just like... It, it would. They were like, it works in a cartoon because everyone who goes to those cartoons understands that they're standalone things, but they were like, the mainstream audience would never be able to wrap their mind around why is Christian Bale's Batman in this movie, even though it's a different Batman. Like, is yeah, it, it would Batman? just be too much yeah. confusion because... Because movie as a a medium is a more um, um, what is it called? Um, it 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 appeals to a wider audience. Yeah. Now you say cartoons, fine. Yeah. There's there's a small well, small or smallish smaller yeah. group of people that you know watch cartoons. There's a certain group of people that watch cartoons and maybe read comic books or whatever the overlap is there but you put you create a movie and then you have to expand your audience you have to make a movie for people who do not read the comic books have never seen like or, or yeah. have never seen any of the animated uh batman uh tv shows or whatever else i mean i you know i'm not a avid watcher i'll i'll catch one every like you know whatever so often i mean i've seen here and there one or two i'm not a biggest fan i feel like um often in the animation there's certain things that are then sacrificed for for the storytelling you know and and within the storytelling too because you kind of tailor those also for a younger audience often uh even though sometimes they'll they'll go a little a little more um a little darker than one would think but but overall like films you can then kind of like go a little up the level from it and you have to kind of like consider that your audience is going to be much broader so you know i don't know i just feel like it has to kind of go in that direction yeah, I mean, it was definitely, like, a pretty... They, they proposed a lot of interesting ideas. Uh, and I was talking to a friend of mine late, late last night. We were just kind of, like, putting together theories of how you could do it kind of thing. And we, like, came up with something and we were like, yeah, this would work. But the issue is that thematically with The Dark Knight Rises, more so than the plot, uh, is what would kind of, like, cause the issue. Um, but then I think one of the commentators on that article, uh, just in the bottom, kind of brought up the point um, that I, I kept forgetting about 24 even, 
because um, 24 actually takes place so far into the future by the end of that series because they keep jumping ahead in time every uh, between seasons where I think like by the last season it's supposed to be like in the 2020s or something like that and they were like Dark Knight Rises I think was supposed to take place in like 2016 or something like that and they're like we don't know we're assuming Man of Steel takes place in uh, 20 like 13 or kind of thing and he just kind of like outlined like a very just like rudimentary thing and I was like oh it's interesting I was like you could do what was I, happening I in between no, they don't need them. to worry about that too much yeah honestly uh, you know no and you know the, the thing they, is it's like you know they will like, you know that they'll rack their minds over it simply because having and this is kind of like to my point about having Robert Downey Jr. play Tony Stark until he no longer wants to or he dies like in the movies or whatever and then let that character be done for like the cinematic universe there's so much value in putting Henry Cavill and Christian Bale on screen that they will try to figure it out even if they like screw up trying to do it they they just need to go away from that um it's too much of a of a stretch because also in The Dark Knight Rises there's also a part partial implication that he might not that he might have died. You know? Yeah. Like, you know, just because we see that last scene doesn't mean that that's actually what's happening. It yeah. could be just kind of like what that character wants to see, like yeah. or hopes to see or wishes to see. Um, but um, it, you know, I think it's it's a tough tough. A spot that they find themselves in. They need yeah. kind of... Because either way, it's um, not clean. The The problem is, you want to put a gr- group of five big characters on a, on the screen, then you also have to add uh, a villain or two. And with all of that, it just seems like a big undertaking without having set it up. You yeah. know? Um, on the other hand... Um, doing a Batman Superman movie and then it what if you make a bad one? Like, yeah. Let's say you, you you have success with Man of Steel, right? That prompts you to say, you know what? Let's not jump right to, to Justice League. Let's do a Batman Superman mashup movie. You get people do that, it bombs. Yeah. People go in, and for whatever reason, whatever it is that you and Robin. it just doesn't doesn't succeed. And yeah. you know, like best laid plans go awry, and it's a shit movie. Kind of like, I mean, in the, in the Marvel world, there's a lot of movies that were subpar, and people just kind of like look past it, you know. Yeah. Um, but then, does that destroy your your view of? Uh, Justice League movie does that dent the audience that's going to go see it Um, because it's not like you have five movies and I liked three out of five characters you know I watched one movie and it was shit and why would I go and give you my money again Uh, on the other hand creating that that big movie with Justice League with so many characters without any introduction is just doesn't seem feasible and to introduce five different characters in one movie that's already two hours right there (laughs) uh what do you do then uh so it's gonna be tricky i I think maybe some kind of a 
possibility could be to to um, to ignore the full backstories of characters and just yeah. kind of say like we're not gonna tell you Superman is Clark Kent from blah 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 and this is how he got to her you know that uh, we're not gonna tell you Batman is Bruce Wayne and and he's a billionaire and he's got toys you know that yeah uh, but we're gonna show you this team coming together yeah because you know like we'll show you like how Batman got involved with it and maybe he came across Superman and uh, you know like or, or you know maybe he was like fine looking for Superman and then this should happen then like you know and then Green Lantern was <laughs> was kind of pulled into it through this and the Wonder Woman is that you know and I mean I don't have a good answer for this but like that may be like some kind of a story arc that you could do yeah um, it's almost less riskier because in a way for that initial film it's less risky because people will go see it yeah they won't have that preconceived notion of a terrible movie before um but then for future films if that movie is not very good for future film it it bodes well, I mean, to your point, like, if, if they went straight to Justice League and that movie bombed, they would be no worse off, because Batman's pretty much review-proof, then they would just reboot Batman in, like, four or five years afterwards, because that's, like, the one proven commodity that they have. And well, that, Superman, you can reboot always. I mean, Superman will almost really survive. Yeah, I mean, I Superman's kind of, I think... If, I think they still have... At least a couple of reboots of everything they yeah. want. Yeah, I mean, they can they basically try like to do... Can just always like, you know what, we're rebooting it, and it's going to be this director who's now really popular and this actor that's doing really great work. And it's just going to be like, oh, okay. It's interesting, too, because Warner Brothers has, like... All of us suckers will go... I'm trying to think, because I know, like, again. outside of Nolan and Snyder, like, they do actually... I'm, like, I'm blanking right now, but they do actually have, like, three or four people who just, like almost exclusively operate under the banner of Warner Brothers. And I'm, like, surprised that, like, they just haven't been, like, okay, like, bring all these people into the room. It's kind of, like, right, this is what we want to do. Like, why can't we make this work? Which is interesting. They should, but, like... They should somehow... Somebody should somehow... Wait, who, who has their number? Uh, I mean, that's that's Marvel, but that's... Uh, who, 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 20 to I want to say. They should really bring even Ben Affleck them, even now them, back for Daredevil to direct it. Yeah, it'd be interesting. But see, that's the thing. Like they to even make a, the pro, to make a proper movie because yeah, that just wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> I, I like some of the been, some of the performances in it. Like I liked. Um, I I remember enjoying Colin Farrell in it because he I feel was like kind of like had this like insane energy. It was like oh, when their like, kids yeah, grow up. Spider- I hope that they just like always like nonchalantly like just leave Electra playing on like Jennifer Garner's birthday or just you know always have yeah just have Daredevil's playing in the background yeah that's cool for them though like I mean they have like you know what I mean it's like it's like they're married have been for you know six seven eight nine years and they've got kids and they like have this like movie that like you know it's not a great movie but it's a cool movie that they made <laughs> they got to I make think, a superhero movie in the 90s Brad Pitt and yeah, they still have, like, the movie. And, uh, yeah, the Mr. Movie. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. It's probably, you know, yeah. this is what brought Mommy and Daddy together. Yes, this is why we were beating the crap out of each other. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then just real quick, uh, 
lots of second trailers, which I was actually really surprised to see all of these in front of Oz. Uh, yeah. Star Trek Two had a new trailer. Um, I'm so excited for that. I'm kind of more like uh, I guess looking forward to it now. Um, kind of they, they painted that Oblivion kind of pissed me J. off J. because Abrams. I was really hoping that they weren't going to. You know, I mean, this tell movie. us everything about the movie. Well, the thing was is I already had a theory that I wasn't I trying too. to think through based on the first trailer, and then something he says in that second trailer, I was like, "That's it, okay." And I was like, "All right, I know, um, right?" It's yeah. kind of disappointing. Um, I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure, yeah. but I feel like that I that I have a good sense yeah. of what's what's happening in that yeah. movie. Yeah, because I was just like, as soon as like he says this one line, like I was like, oh yeah, that's what I was thinking this movie was going to be about, and now I feel like I know that that's what this movie is going to be about. But I was like, oh, it'll be a fun ride, hopefully. Uh, After Earth, uh, more definitely more optimistic about that, uh, mainly because um, I had to drop the bomb on one of my friends. He's like, oh, After Earth looks really good. And I was like, oh, do you know who directed that? And he was like, he said someone. And I was like, no, next guess. And he just went through like four or five people. And I was like, what if I was to tell you that M. Night Shyamalan directed After Earth? And he's like, I'm not going to see it. (laughs) (laughs) What a twist. He's just like, nope, F that S. Um, But yes, uh, Looks hey, good. hey, hey, are you cutting into their... Yeah. One person... You know what? I, uh, I was... J.J. Abrams? I was... J.J. Yeah. <laughs> Abrams here? I was uh, his biggest... Uh, you know, I went down with that ship. So he, he's got a lot to prove. Um, yeah, beyond that, uh, that was just the weekend. I think that's pretty much it. South by Southwest is going on. Um, for some reason, uh, I was doing curation for like a client. I feel like I remember that used to be about music, and now it's about, it about everything music. else. They were like announcing music. video games. Though. Actually, they announced, they're announcing uh, video games. They're doing they like tech Vimeo. stuff. There's like, I mean, there's like yeah. a ton of insane stuff. Everything is happening there. So it's like, I thought this was a music festival. Yeah. But yeah, as that's going on, the thing that I thought was strange, I mean, I guess it's probably like uh, just the keywords I was looking for, but I was just like, why am I not finding more news about South by Southwest? Because even like the Berlin Film Festival was like a few weeks ago, and I was just like, I mean, you usually hear about stuff like, like Sundance, it's like every day, a thousand articles, like in real time, right after it happens. And then I feel like the other film festivals, it's like kind of quiet, and then when it's done, you kind of get information I don't know. I don't know if I'm noticing that this I, year. I know or some like um, some tech sites that I kind of read. They're just constantly South by Southwest. And yeah. This was happening. It's like a lot of tech gadgets. Yeah. Because the one thing I like bookmark to read uh, later, which is that I think Vimeo is going to start having some sort of like premium service now. And it's like, oh, that's what I was uh, But yes, plugs of the week. That's that. <laughs> Kind of plugs of the week. Yes. <laughs> Discussion plug, about plug, stuff. Plug slash topic of the week. Yeah. Listeners, tell your friends. They can find Last From Standing on iTunes via the web and iTunes itself, as well as Stitcher.com via their website or various mobile apps where you can subscribe, rate, and review us. And then once again, you can follow myself on Twitter at Lamar Diablo. It's L-A-M-A-R Diablo, one word. You can follow Zed on Twitter at Last Z Standing. And of course, you can contact us the new old-fashioned way at feedback at lastfilmstanding.com. Let us know what you thought of uh, Dead Man Down or Oz the Great and Powerful. Let us know what 
Warner Brothers should do, what can they do? Batman, Superman, Justice oh, League? Batman. Or should they just start fresh with uh, a Wonder Woman movie and see where it goes? But no. as 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 they the WB has said, as the WB has said, it all hinges on Man of Steel's success. So we should I'm see. Batman. Thanks for listening. And I'm Batman. He is apparently Batman. And uh, <laughs> tell your friends. No, come on, come on. You can't do it. You can't you can't leave it like that. Do it! Do it. No no no, just do it. Just do it. Do it. Tell your friends!